Well, hello and welcome back, finally, to Habit Helps, a podcast of Creekside Community Church in San Leandro, California, where we talk about how habits build you and about how you can build better habits. My name is Jeff Bruce. I'm one of the pastors here. I'm joined by my dad, fellow pastor, John Bruce. Dad, how are you? I'm great. Great today. Great. Dad, I feel like I need to begin with a confession. Okay. Because after our last episode, I, if I recall correctly, said, we'll talk to you again soon. <laughs> and Dad, that was a bald-faced lie, because it's been two and a half months, roughly, since we recorded a podcast. You went on vacation. We had a baby. Max went on vacation. And now, finally, we're back. So, Dad, I don't think that counts as, as soon. But was that a lie, or was just just a honest miscalculation? I think it was the latter. <laughs> and if you want to get into semantics here, you know, the New Testament definition of soon. <laughs> that's right. Just means imminent, the next thing on the timetable. That's, right. that's all it means. It's the next thing. So that's, that's how I meant it. And I think for most of our listeners, this is, this is soon for them, because it's not like they're hanging on these, these podcasts. Yeah. Well, for the six of you who've been waiting, thank you for your patience. We're going to continue our series today, Smart People, What Proverbs Teaches About Building Habits. We love the book of Proverbs, and one reason I love it is because it helps us deal with life between the verses. The Bible doesn't give us a sort of code book for what to do in every situation, but it does paint a picture of what wisdom looks like, and that's the book of Proverbs. It shows us how to develop skill in living so that we, when we encounter complex situations, we'll have the right priorities and habits and skills in place to, to navigate through them artfully. Uh, to work with the grain of God's universe. So that's what we're talking about here. That's Proverbs, skill in living. We're looking at the habits Proverbs commends. We've looked at foundational issues, things like learning, fearing God, uh, growing in wisdom. And today we're going to get more concrete. And Dad, what is more concrete than concrete? <laughs> the only thing more concrete than concrete is money, exactly. what we're talking about today. Cold, hard cash. The Bible, uh, and Proverbs specifically, has a ton to say about managing God's money. And so that's what we're going to talk about for two podcasts, Dad? I think so. Two podcasts over yeah. the next year or so? Great. Two yeah. podcasts. Uh, and today we're talking about uh, being stupid with money, right? Exactly. Just signs of financial mismanagement, according to Proverbs. Great. Well, I have never been stupid with money, but um, <laughs> yeah, stupid with money, five things. So Dad, why don't we go through them? Five Signs of financial mismanagement, according Great. to Proverbs. Great. Well, these are in no particular order, but the first one that I thought of was overdue bills. Proverbs uh, 3, 27, 28, do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to do it. Do not say to your neighbor, go and come back, and tomorrow I'll give it. Do not say to your neighbor, go and come back, tomorrow I'll give it. Whoops, I had that twice when you have it with you. So the idea there is, I think we've all been in this situation where we've got a big bill that's due, and we've got the money in hand, but we're afraid to spend it because then we won't have it if something else comes up. So it's easy to push that down the road and not realize we're actually cheating the person that we owe that money to. So the idea of, of not paying your bills on time is a sign of foolish financial management, I think would be the idea. And I think it gets back to the fear of God. Yeah. And taking God seriously. Because 
if God gives wealth, as Deuteronomy says, yeah. God is the owner of all things. If something is is due and God says it's due, this is this is God's money you're dealing with. Exactly. And 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 so God takes it very seriously that we honor our financial commitments. And it is true that when you have a late bill and you kind of go, oh, I have the money, but uh, you know, there's this, the, 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 what's underneath that is really, if I follow through on my commitments, I won't have enough left over. Yes. Yeah. And so what that really reveals about me is that I don't trust God to provide and honor the decision to obey him. Yes, exactly. And, and I think that's the idea that, that if you honor God, he will bless that. Regardless of how much you've got, I, uh, another ver- Proverbs eleven twenty four says there is one who scatters, and yet increases all the more. There is one who withholds what is justly due, mm-hmm. and yet it results only in want. Yeah. So I think the question is, if your finances are not be blessed right now, the issue is not that you're not making enough money. The issue is how you're handling the money you do have. Yeah. Because if God's not blessing you, you will always lack, regardless of how much you make. Right. Yeah, and that, that is one of the—it it shows the lie of one of the great—yeah, um, what's one of the great misconceptions in our culture is just, well, if I just made a little more, I yes. would get out of these yes. situations. And, and the Bible works in the exact opposite direction. It says, until you manage what you have, you can't be entrusted with more. Exactly. It's, and, a, it's the parable of the steward, right? Right. Yeah, and, and so that, yeah, I, I think anytime, uh, you know, it's it's funny that you mention it. Um, so this last year, we had things due to us um, from the state, and they were very overdue, mm. egregiously overdue. And, um, and so, you know, we get eight months into this, and I was praying for for weeks on end, God, bring in the money that we are due, you know, and I'm on the other side of this, you know, do not withhold from me what is due to me. Yeah. And one of the things I realized is I just look back and we had to remodel this last year, but just how cavalier we got with our money at certain points. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought, hmm, maybe God is, is, is disciplining me here and saying, Jeff, are you really being wise in following through on your commitments? Yeah. And I had to sit down with Cashel and, and just say, you know, I've, I've been very lazy with our budget, just assuming that money is going to come in. Yeah. And I think maybe what God wants to teach us is that, is that we need to be much more on top of getting some of these things paid, paying down some of this debt that we owe, and then God will bless us. And sure enough, that's exactly how it happened, that, that we had to go through a couple months of really tightening up yeah. and getting serious about paying down debt, things we owe to other people, uh, but we're just kind of putting off. Uh, before that money came in, yeah. So and it comes in then. Yeah, it did. Came in yeah. right, right. Once we had gotten a rain on our finances, it came in exactly yeah. on time. Right. Once right. that. So I, I thought, hmm, God is not going to let this money come in exactly until I'm, I'm doing better with what I have. Yeah. No, that's great. That's great. I would make one other comment before we move on to another topic. Is is who is it due? When we think to whom it's due, it's people we owe money to that we pay our bills. But I think, I think the category is much broader than that, that we also owe to the poor. Yeah. Um, Proverbs 14.31 says, He who oppresses the poor taunts his maker, but he who is gracious to the needy honors him. And Proverbs 19.17, One who is gracious to a poor man lends to the Lord, and he will repay him for his good do- deed. And so God says, How I treat the poor is the way I treat him. 
And so if I want my finances to be blessed, if I'm withholding what God says I owe to that him who is due, which in this case is the poor man that I can help, right. that's also going to impact my, my finances. Yeah, the fact that he calls it lending to the Lord. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's stronger than just charity. Yes. There's a sense of obligation in it, and uh, it kind of cuts across a lot of these modern discussions of justice, yeah. right? Because w- when we think of justice, it's the, sometimes it can be this very narrowly exactly what you're recompensed in some way. Right. But uh, I think Keller says this in Generous Justice, if you start with this idea that God owns everything, yeah. then God has the right to determine what you give to. Exactly. And God says, I have blessed you to bless others. So you actually have an obligation to be generous yes. in this way yes. toward the poor. And so generosity and justice actually go together much more closely in the biblical story yes. than I think sometimes they do in modern discussions of justice. Yeah. So it doesn't fit neatly into either right-left spectrum on how we think about this with, right. with, with money. It is generous, it is, God is doing that, but also there's a sense that, well, God owned it anyway. Yeah. So it, it's not like, I am doing the things, I, I'm just so gracious, I've worked hard for this, you didn't. It's more that, no, God enabled me to work hard for this and gave me that, and an yeah. acknowledgement of his ownership I give to you. Yeah, and I'm not generous, I'm just responsible. Yeah. It's a, it's a different, different perspective. Rather than patting myself on the back for what a generous person I am, <laughs> I'm saying, no, I'm, I'm not that generous. I'm just being responsible, realizing who, who gave this to me. And, and who I, I give an account to. And I, who I'm going to give an account to. I want to be responsible and that I use it well. Yeah. It's good. Okay. So here's another one. Yep. Um, another symptom of poor money management, mm-hmm. according to Proverbs, is get-rich-quick attitudes. <laughs> And, uh, and which one, who of us is not guilty of that? But uh, Proverbs 28, 22 says, A man with an evil eye hastens after wealth and does not know that want will come upon him. Uh, Proverbs 20, 21 says, uh, An inheritance gained hurriedly at the beginning will not be blessed in the end. Hmm. And fi- finally, Proverbs 28, 20, A faithful man will abound with blessings, but he who makes haste to be rich will not go unpunished. And I've, I've found in my own life that any time there is a, a deal, you've got you've to buy it now, you've got to invest today, you've got to, this is going to be gone tomorrow, I've learned to walk away from it. Yep. Because if hurry is involved, it's not going to be blessed, yep. no, no matter what. Yep. <laughs> it's so funny. Um it, yeah, because it, it's just everywhere in our culture. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's what fuels marketing. Mm-hmm. Here is a great opportunity, but you won't have it tomorrow. Right, yeah. Don't consider it. Right, Act don't today. Don't investigate this. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, you know, I mean, what kind of idiot wouldn't invest in, you know, tax liens with an 18% return, right? Exactly. Like, guaranteed. <laughs> yeah. For years, right? It's, uh, yeah. No, I, I think, again, it relates to the fear of God. Yeah. Because God says, you're going, I'm going to teach you to work and labor because work is good, and then I'm going to give you something, and you're going to build wealth slowly in almost yes. every case as you prove yourself trustworthy. And yes. you're saying, no, God, I don't need to prove myself trustworthy of managing wealth. I can get wealth now. Yeah. And once I have a lot of wealth, my life will be taken care of, and I'll be good. And, yeah. and that mentality 
is never blessed by God. Right. And there are innumerable cautionary tales that should keep you from that, like lottery winners. Yeah. Like athletes who have never learned to manage money, who then come into tons of money and have no idea what to do with it. Yeah. Uh, and so, I mean, there's just countless examples of this, that, yeah. that money that, that comes quickly goes quickly. Exactly. Yeah. I've seen that in businesses, you know, that inheritance gain early at the beginning will not be blessed in the end. And they're, they do really well for a while. And then they, they never develop the discipline or the practices or the systems of how to do what they're doing. They were just lucky. And so yeah. once, once the market changes, they have no way to stay afloat because they never developed what they needed to do to be successful. Right. Yeah. Basically they found a product. They didn't have a business. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So anyway, if you're in a hurry to get rich, you are indulging in, in uh, unbiblical financial practice, unwise. Um, this one goes without saying, but I'll say it anyway. Third, third characteristic of unwise financial practices is financial dishonesty, dishonesty, hmm. just being dishonest about what you're doing. Proverbs 13, 11, wealth obtained by fraud dwindles but the one who gathers it by labor increases it. So the issue isn't how much I make, it's how much I keep. Mm-hmm. And Proverbs teaches easy come, easy go. Yeah, Essentially is that. If I don't earn it honestly, I'm going to have a hard time keeping it, is the idea. What do you think we're tempted to that? Because hmm? I, don't, I don't think of myself as someone who's out to defraud people. Yeah. Um, but, but where do you think people succumb to financial dishonesty? Hmm, that's a good question. I think it can be cutting corners at work. Yeah. I think it could be shortening your work day. Yeah. It can be taking uh, company company stuff home to use for personal use. Yeah. Um, or printing stuff at church for my kids' classes or yeah. things like that. I could <laughs> do that. <laughs> Max laughed a little too hard at that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it could be withholding the truth about some product yeah. um, just to make the sale. There, there's myriads of ways that our dishonest flesh, when it gets down to money and gets down to, to profit, our flesh gets involved real quickly. Right. Oh, don't tell them that. Yeah. Over-promising and under-delivering exactly. on things just to, yeah. to keep the peace. Or yeah. To, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Deflecting criticism at work, not owning mistakes. Exactly. There's all sorts of ways to, yeah, you know, gain money in a way that's, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a good question. Being an eye pleaser, Paul, Paul talks about yeah. in uh, Ephesians yeah. 6, where, you know, you work hard when the boss is around and the rest of the time you uh, you don't. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's good. Um, here's one more. Number four. Overspending. Proverbs 21, 7, he who loves pleasure will become a poor man. <laughs> he who loves wine and oil will not become rich. Notice Paul, Solomon doesn't say might not. Mm-hmm. He says will not. Yeah. Overconsumption leads inevitably to poverty. Yeah. That's the idea there. Uh, Proverbs 21, 20, there's precious treasure and oil in the dwelling of the wise, but the foolish man swallows it up. It's interesting, Citibank says that a person's spending increases 26% once they get a credit card. 
That's you know, wild. Yeah. And and yeah. the point the way way our economy is set up today, it is hard to keep track of your of your spending. It is set up to make it easy, make impulse um, purchases so much easier. One you click buying. Exactly. And, yeah. and Amazon helps with that too. Yeah. You know, it's just uh, that's why plans of the diligent lead surely to advantage, but everyone who is hasty comes surely to poverty. And I think so many people are struggling with their money right now because of hasty, unplanned decisions to spend. I mean, how many things have I spent money on this year? I'd rather have the money back than have that thing. Yeah. Most things, really. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I, I think you can, you can overvalue money and you can undervalue money. Yeah. And I think the in a consumption-based economy like ours, where you kind of, every company is trying to create a new iteration of something that you don't actually need to survive. Yeah, yeah. In order to stimulate their own growth. Yeah. Uh, you, you are being presented this image of value. Yeah. Uh, this thing is more valuable than the money you have to give away. Instead of saying, well, my money's really valuable, actually. Yeah. This money could go to lots of things and to just let it out of my hand so easily. Yeah. Without yeah. reflection, without do I, will I actually, not, not just do I need this, but will I even enjoy this? Yeah. Yeah. Is it even enjoyable? Um, because if it's just completely fleeting, then, then why? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. Yeah. I remember someone saying that they would buy nothing on Amazon without a 24-hour waiting period. So <laughs> they they'd put it in their box and they'd say they have I'll come in the next day and do I still want it? Then yeah. they would then they would uh, and I thought that was great cuz uh, you know, fighting against the the marketing machine. Yeah. Yeah. Read a book, great book years ago and you can get it at the at the public library. But it's called The Millionaire Next Door. And it just it looks at the majority of millionaires in America. And surprisingly, they did not inherit their wealth. Yeah. And they were not paid a lot of money. Mm -hmm. They just were very diligent in spending only what they needed to spend and saving the rest. And and now they are in great shape financially while their compatriots who spent all and overspent all have nothing. Yeah. And uh, it just, it's a very, it's a very encouraging book. Yeah, yeah. To paraphrase the proverb, right, that there's one who appears to be rich yet has nothing, and there's yeah. one who uh, yeah. <laughs> it is rich and appears to have nothing. I forget exactly how it goes, but yeah. it's true because it it also puts to lie this idea that you know the rich are um, are the wealthy relative to the rest of us. All of them are just lavish and exorbitant in the way they live. Yeah. And just you know, and and some are, uh, but but by and large, people with wealth accumulated. There's, they got there by not spending their money. Exactly. And and they were looking for ways to save. Yeah. And they were not, they were buying used cars as they accrued wealth. Exactly. <laughs> they were not moving into the biggest home they possibly could in the neighborhood. They were not buying the extra thing all the time. Yeah. They, they were very disciplined. And that's why they're sitting on wealth is because they didn't spend money. And even billionaires I've seen operate by that principle. And you look like, uh, like Warren Buffett. He did not get rich by spending money. Yeah. Um, yeah. So... Yeah, yep. well, that's it exactly. So overspending. The final, final one that Proverbs warns against is debt. Some debt, like mortgages, mm-hmm. is uh, unavoid, uh, unavoidable. Yep. But Proverbs doesn't forbid debt, but it strongly warns against it. Yeah. And uh, Proverbs 22, 7, 
the rich rules over the poor, and the borrower becomes the lender's slave. So just to realize that when you go into debt for something, you are losing control over over your life. You're losing freedom. Yep. And so that's why it's to be very careful about using debt as an as an instrument, unless you. I think, I think debt can be used if you have the money and you can pay it off right away. Sometimes it's a, a way, an investment strategy. Yep. But for the most part, if, you would be, if, if your debtors were to come and say, we want the money you owe us right now and you would be in bad trouble, that's probably a, a situation you don't want to be in. Yeah, if the loan could be called yeah. and my life is ruined yeah. in some ways, yeah. that's a sign um, of trouble. Yeah. That I'm way over leveraged yeah. in the way I'm living my life. Yeah. Um, exactly. Yeah. No, that's that's good. And it, it's interesting, you know, the biblical take on debt. I don't think it's as negative as some Christians, uh, uh, you know, right. hot take Dave Ramsey, probably maybe a little more extreme yeah. than I would be on this in terms of debt is dumb. I would say debt is dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. And debt does limit your freedom. Yeah. And the people I've seen who use debt well... Um, it's not credit card debt. No, it's not. It's they're they're leveraging an asset in right. order to produce more. It's um, parable of the talents kind of stuff. Yeah, Luke nineteen, where it's I I have a plan to make money and to leverage in this way, but I'm not over leveraged at all. Exactly, and, and, and I'm using this to um to create more wealth, to right. more assets, to multiply for God's kingdom. Now that being said, the the the, the Dave Ramsey side. Uh, is in reaction to where our culture is, which is just that debt is delightful, and yeah. that debt is 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 so unavoidable that you sort of have to go into debt for everything beyond a house to buy clothes. You have to go into debt, and yeah. to buy a car, you have to go into debt, and do everything you want to do in life takes more debt. And the more you buy into that mentality, the more you're just going to have debt all the time. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you're you're you're, and it's the opportunity cost because the things you're owing on, you're not investing in something else. Yeah. And, and so it's not just that you're owing over here, it's that you're missing the opportunity to invest over here and, and create wealth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so That's good. Yep. Good. I seem to have one more. You, you had five. <laughs> There's a bonus. There's a bonus. There's a bonus one. And this is yeah. Proverbs warns against is, is kind of two sides of the same coin. Yeah. Self-satisfaction or discontent. Hmm. Those two things. So... For example, Proverbs 17.5 says, He who mocks the poor reproaches his maker. Hmm. And the idea is to despise the poor is to despise God's creation, which is the same as despising God. So money is not a way to keep score. That's that's the idea. It's just a tool to use. And if you begin to evaluate people on the basis of how much money they have, you and you're self-satisfied because you have enough. You've missed the whole point. Ecclesiastes 5, four says, He who loves money will not be satisfied with money, mm. nor he who loves abundance with his income. Yeah. And uh, cheated there, but uh, same author. So, uh, But the, I think the main one is Proverbs 37 through 9. Two things I ask of you, do not refuse me before I die. Keep deception and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food that is my portion, that I not be full and deny you and say, who is the Lord, or that I not be in want and steal and profane the name of God. Yeah. So this is the thing of either making money 
a false basis for confidence. I'm going to be fine because I've got enough money. Right. Or it's disaster that I have to worry about money all the time. But no, it, you trust God and use what he's given you and trust him for what, what else ever whatever else you need. Yeah. Yeah, you said self-satisfaction and discontentment are two sides of the same coin. Yeah. Um, how so? Well, it's, it's the coin of money. I am self-satisfied because I have enough money. An apt analogy. <laughs> the coin of money. Yes. <laughs> yes. I know. I'm aware of that type of coin, the money coin. Sorry. In theory. In theory. Let's say a coin is money in this illustration. <laughs> yeah. So two sides of the same coin. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. It, it's good because I think those are the, the two... Um, great dangers in a, in a time of when, when they're stratified wealth. Yeah. And so you live in a society where there's, there's real poverty and insane amounts of wealth. Yeah. Yeah. Is that you're more aware than ever of where you stack up relative to other yeah. people. Yeah. And, and there is this subterranean belief that good people are wealthy people. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's easy to fall into, especially in a materialistic yeah. culture. And yeah. so if you're wealthy, it means you did, did things right in life. And if you're not wealthy, it means you did things wrong. Right. Uh, right. Which is not what the Bible says. Yeah. There's not a one-to-one correspondence between those. And so that's the judging on that side. And the other side is just, well, because I always see someone with more, what I have is never enough. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it doesn't matter that I'm at the 98th, 99th percentile of wealth in the world. Uh, because all of the 1% live in my neighborhood, and they yeah. all have more than me. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and Solomon, the richest man in the world, warns against that. In Ecclesiastes yeah. 5, he just says, those who long, toil after wealth will never be satisfied with wealth. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, you, you, you'll, you'll never have enough, yeah. uh, because it can't, because life is more than possessions, as yeah. Jesus says. Yeah. Uh, you're not, it's not the thing that's going to satisfy you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's good. No, I think, and you can see this in churches, too. I, I'd say multi- Ethnic churches are no more rare than multi-economic churches. Hmm. That people tend to go to churches with people from their own economic strata. Yep. And finding churches that actually span those stratas. And uh, it's hard to create. It is. It is. Yeah. Absolutely. But no. uh, yeah. No, and surely an area that we can continue to uh, to grow in. Which yeah. Is, so. Good. Well, Dad, those were good. You said you didn't have a lot thought out, but I know <laughs> you. You thought a lot more about this than you let on here, Dad. That was good stuff. Well, good. Thank you, Joe. Good. Well, I'm going to go pay my credit card now. <laughs> and uh, Good for you. <laughs> Thanks. It's yeah. a good thing to do. Not withhold. Not withhold what is justly uh, the, the, due. The justly due to the credit card company. But uh, yeah. Uh, now, good reminders. Thanks, Dad. And thanks, listeners. We'll talk to you again when we talk to you again. <laughs>